Welcome to Across the Rail Podcast, Methodist layman dishing hot takes on current events, church stuff, and cultural issues. Our episode today discusses the large United Methodist Church budget shortfall reported in March that could perhaps be exacerbated because of COVID and how a potential reduction in giving due to the slowing economy will change how we do church in the near future. And also, we break up the boys club. Warning, we're not the men in black from the pulpit, but from the pews across the rail. Our episode today is entitled The Big Shortfall. You see, the General Council on Finance and Administration, as we all know it, GCFA, in the, in the United Methodist Church announced on the 10th of March that their proposal to the General Conference 2020, which now has been delayed, but uh, would be a 32% cut in the budget for the years 2021 through 2024. And, and I know figures don't really relate on uh, audio, but basically from $604 million budget down to $413 million. That's big. In fact, the last time the United Methodist Church had a bu budget that size was in 1988, over 30 years ago. And this was March 10th before we really slammed the brakes on our economy. So think of it in terms of the 22 million jobs lost, basically all the jobs created since the Great Recession of 2008. So this nothing happens in a vacuum. So I guess the question I have for the illustrative panel today is how is this going to affect the way we do church on a local level? What changes will we have to be made, will have to be made in the new normal? And before we get to all of that, who's here? Amy, Ryan, Jody, and John, and Greg. So, Ryan, do you think there will be any economic impact of the COVID virus on our local church? Not at all. Or things will go off just like it always has. No, yes, there's going to be a huge <laughs> economic impact on the local church. Um, there's going to be some local churches that will never recover from the whole COVID-19 thing. Um, smaller churches may never open their doors again. It's a harsh reality. It might happen. Um, it's going to affect not just the way that we operate normally in church. It's going to affect food pantries. It's going to affect the type of ministries that the church is able to put out because the church is driven by tithing, by financials from, you know, its members. Right. When the church, when, when we're talking, when the members ain't employed, million, they don't exactly. have any income. Right. So that's the kind of impact we're seeing, we're going to see, we're going to be dealing with for not just weeks, months, but potentially years. Okay. Well, well Ryan, in, in saying what you just said right there, do you think that the local churches need to be uh, become uh, more hands and feet, more ground level uh, as far as uh, uh, programs? Yeah, but that should happen anyway. It should, but uh, with the lack of funds to support it, do you think that the... With the lack of funds to support it, how do they? Well, how did Jesus and his <clears throat> disciples go out? Well, God provided. Okay, there you go. What you got, Jody? I can read your brain, buddy. You're... Well, <clears throat> you know, you started this off talking about the budget for the upcoming wow. years. A 30... Plus percent. 32.4, I think is what it mapped. And that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're going through currently. That's right. This was all done before everybody lost okay. their jobs. So, so you know, there's a bigger issue at hand than the COVID-19. Absolutely. 
I agree 100% with what Ryan had to say there. It, it does. It all boils down to uh, people being in church to be able to put money in the plate, to be able to support the very services that the church is here to provide. Correct. Um, John, I, I know where you're going with your thought process, and I agree with that. You know, sometimes it's not about cold, hard cash. Mm -hmm. It's just about being willing to go out and help mow somebody's yard that doesn't have the money, that has to take an offset to pay groceries or something else. There are so many ways. God's economy is not based on money. That's man's economy. Right. And yes, uh, <clears throat> you, you pointed out very accurately, there are going to be some churches that will shut their doors over this. That's sad. One of the things that we get tied up in is uh, uh, when times are good and the money's there, that's fine. But if we get caught in the trappings of a building and then we owe, then we get into severe financial distress. Amy, what you got? And welcome, I, by the way. Thank you. Of course, I'm older than you, but I grew up in a uh, economically depressed area. The congregations of our church uh, did not have large incomes. And I can well remember having special offerings and special urges to commit to this offering so we could buy coal to, to heat our buildings. These people would make sacrifices to buy that coal. I had one woman, I called her my grandma. She had an old age of pension. They did not have social security then and she began taking in sewing so she could contribute to the purchase of coal to heat the building. My point is, it's about priorities. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, sacrificial, absolutely. you know, it, again, it's not an offering unless it's above our, our normal tithe. And to that point, if your income is zero, you have no tithe, but there are things you can do side hustles to to bring it in and and again these things like this focus on what is essential in the christian church what is really essential ministries um to that point amy i was thinking about th this may be flipped larger churches with big mortgages a lot of things a lot of debt Big's with down. younger tend to uh, younger congregations who are losing their jobs may be more adversely affected a, than smaller, older churches who have all their properties paid for and who primarily have an older demographic who do have Social Security or pensions. Their income is not going to be affected at all yet. So I think in the short term, the larger, younger churches may be affected more severely than the older ones. That's a good point. Oh, by the way, I'm ready for Jesus to come now because John and uh, Jody agreed. So, so uh, you know, we're ready for the apocalypse wow. right now. There's a corona fist pump right there. You know, to, to, to piggyback off what, uh, what Amy just said on there, it kind of reminds me of the story in the Bible about the... The, uh, the the guy that's in, in the church and, and he says, "Look, I gave my ten percent, and this woman just gives just a just a just a uh, a, a penny, and and that would be the widow's mite." The, well, okay, right. Well, there's, <clears throat> thank you, Reverend. Oh, you're welcome. Um, and uh, 
You know, it, it is. It's, it is a priority on there. It is, uh, you give what you can on there, be it financial, be it your talents, whether you can go mow a yard on there. Uh, it could be your time. You can go visit uh, shut-ins on there. <clears throat> tithing, tithing on there, in, in my eyes, guys, is, is not just financial. I understand you got to have money to run on there, but it's so much more than just that. Yeah, I wonder it, what the early Jesus cash flow was. Uh, uh, probably uh, zero. A fish and a loaf of bread, or a couple of fishes, maybe. I, we're gonna we're gonna visit that later. But go ahead, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, that's all I have. Well, okay. So how do okay if you're a local church and you've got to deal with this, which our church will, and and, and a lot of other churches, how do we focus and how do we deal with this? What we think is a, is is the coming a financial shortfall. How do we deal with this locally? What's the idea? What's the priorities? One day at a time. Okay. A lot of churches in Methodism recite the Lord's Prayer every Sunday, Give right? Do we remember what Jesus said? Give us what? Next week, our next this week day. a lot. No. Give daily us this bread. day our daily bread. <clears throat> I'm gonna tell you, the church has in my lifetime has never had to pray the bread in. Now, I remember my dad grew up in the Depression, and they had, he related to me similar stories where they had to rely on the church. The church didn't know from month to month what they were going to do, but they prayed and God provided. We serve a God that provides. So we're going to have to focus on, on, on the essentials, and do we really believe Jesus says what he says. Do we really believe, believe that? that? I think the church needs to do, uh, decide what is a need versus what is a want. Absolutely. So you've already done tw two things bad. You, you said the T word, tithe, John, which half of our people, you know, all the natives are restless now. Uh, and number two, you're talking about the essential, what's the, what's the, the programs. Mm. Yeah, we don't want to, we, we want to have big things and big music. Amy, what you got? Each person has an, uh, a different opinion as to what is essential mm -hmm. and what isn't. If you are in charge of the children, that is the most essential ministry in the church. If you are, on the other hand, in charge of the youth, that's the church of tomorrow. We each make our own case for our own little kingdom. We need to focus on promoting our Heavenly Father's agenda. And he sets out his agenda clearly in his word. Mm -hmm. And his agenda is always to promote Jesus Christ. And that may not play into social agendas. And our churches are much more comfortable talking about benevolence than they are about obedience. Oh. Hey, man, right there! Amy's bringing the fire. She today. is. I love it. Wow. No, that that's true because you're right. I mean, Jesus met people at their point of need, but that wasn't the end game. The end game is, and I think this is my opinion, evangelism, discipleship, and the means of grace. And what do I mean by the means of grace? That means worship together, that's essential. Christianity is nothing but a social religion. We have, we need each other for accountability. So worship is essential. Discipleship is essential. Amy, what you got? Hebrews chapter 10 
says, don't forget to assemble together so that you can encourage one another. I can't think of anything we need more today Amen. than Amen. encouragement. Amen. The means of grace, meaning the sacraments. I'm a, I'm a sacramental guy, a Methodist. I mean, I, I think we need that. We need discipleship. This is a perfect time since we're all at home. We got some extra time. Could it be better used in meditating on God's word, on searching the scriptures? Lord, what would you want to show me during this time? What, that doesn't cost anything. And it doesn't cost anything to talk to ourselves and, and relate. What, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us in this time? I think that's important. Personal evangelism, knocking on doors. How are you doing? You know, can I pray for you? In our neighborhood, I'm going to get a haircut. Today, later this hour, on a Sunday, because a lady that cuts hairs is offering it for free for people in our neighborhood. What an outstanding witness. And just in time, too. That's right. If you saw the back of my, my neck, I look like a gorilla. But anyway. Get a haircut, hippie. That's right. So, well, the church, and what is going to change in our local church if it includes some, the word of the day, austerity, which means focus on the essential things. Some people think it's just tightening the budget strings, which it is. But we will have to go into the primitive church. Yeah. And John Wesley, that's what his whole desire was to return Anglicanism to the primitive church. In other words, the essential things, the church of early acts. The main thing. The main thing, the main thing. So what is, Amy, from your opinion, the primitive church? I'm not sure I understand what you mean by primitive. Meaning the early oh, yeah. days of, of the, the Book of Acts type of church. What did it look like? Right. The Book of Acts focused on saving souls and introducing a totally radical form of religion Very radical. in the <clears throat> form that we no longer kill animals and get temporary covering for our sins we believe Jesus was the Son of God. Now, that was a huge flip here, here. for that, uh, that generation. And it has become commonplace to our generation to the point we have allowed it to sift down uh, to the bottom of the barrel in focusing on things that are easier to talk <clears throat> about. Mm -hmm. And... I always say, and my husband used to say, let's keep Jesus the main thing. That's great. And getting sidetracked is more comfortable. Keeping Jesus focused is obedient to uh, God's word. And if we are obedient to God's word, there is food in his house. His storehouse is taken care of. Mm -hmm. God had a plan when he created the earth. He had a plan when he created us. God is a God of organization, and he planned this out so well. It is laid out well in his word, and I hate to be dominating this, but I feel very passionate. And we hear a lot about Malachi 3 talking about robbing God. Well, let me share with you something else it says. Down in verse 10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Is there any question as to where the storehouse is? That's God's house of worship. Bring all of it in there. 
that there may be food in my house. If we are obedient, yes, you don't have a job, but if you get a, an income and the government's gonna throw it our way, I hear, $1,200, what's 10% of that? $120 of my $1,200 first off goes to the storehouse. <clears throat> now, it's up to God to make that remaining 90% cover my needs. Well, here's what he says. Test me and see if I will not throw out the open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing you, you can't, can't contain, contain it. Now, if you want to read down a little farther, he's specific. I won't let these diseases come on you, and I will bless your income. Ooh, you can that. take that to the bank. Preach. That's it. good. Bring in the fire. Thank you, Amy. <clears throat> and speaking of organizations and how you do that, there is an organization that uh, you can turn to if you have problems in your aircraft structures, specifically riveting, countersinking, or drilling. It's called Innovative Tooling Services. These guys handle fastener installation tools, riveting removal equipment, precision drilling and countersinking, anything you need to repair, manufacture, or uh, 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 install any structural fastener in airframe. These guys are have installation, fastener installation knowledge, application experience. That's why they're on the leading edge of aerospace tooling. Give them a call at 1-800-832-7009 or look them up on the World Wide Web at InnovativeTooling.com. And we'll be back. And we're back. So, illustrious panel, what will churches have to change if the future includes some or even severe austerity programs to husband their resources? Well, first and foremost, you know, uh, churches as a collective group need to get out of debt. You can't survive and keep your head above water when you owe Peter to pay Paul. With that being said, if we go into uh, severe austerity measures, because, uh, you know, I was thinking on the way up here, looking at some potholes, and I was just thinking of the gas tax, nothing more than the gas tax, and just the amount of vehicles that haven't been on the road. Man, this thing is a ticking time bomb. We've not even begun to peel the layers of this onion back. What's right. what's coming down, coming oh, down the pipe? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, if we're to have a second wave, which is in the, the mind of the uh, scientists and the medical community, we absolutely will. If we do have that second wave and we have to do anything as drastic as what has gone on in the last 30 days, then I do, I do foresee the government uh, taking some austerity measures. And what scares me is that, uh, you know, assets that are paid for or the money sitting in the church treasuries that haven't been spent. Greg, you and I had a off-record discussion about that, some of the money that gets hoarded up, and it never finds its way out. 
uh, that's going to be a free money grab for the government. And it's going to be justified. Everything that you've seen going on here lately is a justification for the government's overreach. Correct. Yes. Never let a crisis go to waste. Absolutely. And so what I really, in my heart of hearts, feel like this has been nothing but a dry run for what's coming. Okay. So where do I see things in the future? We might not be meeting in this building per se. Uh, you know, we may be getting back to home fellowship type stuff going down the future. We we talk about all the grand worship styles and in the buildings and stuff, but I do believe that the true church is going to be uh, persecuted in the upcoming days. I do believe that uh, what we've got going on is uh, just, a, just a foretaste. So with that being said, let me throw this out here to you. You know, I went back to Acts and, uh, you know, our early believers. If we look at Acts 2, verses 44 through 47, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. See, that's interesting. Communism. Yep. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds oh, proceeds sorry. to all as, and you know, to all as any had need. And day by day, this is what's interesting, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor for with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So I believe that, you know, when we talk about, uh, uh, let's keep the main thing the main thing, I believe this is actually a course correction designed by God. Man may have an ultimate scheme mm-hmm. for for trying to choke the life out of Christianity. I mean, he's been doing that since they put Christ on the cross. They've tried to stomp it out. They've tried to stomp out hope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, one of the other things that I believe, uh, Amy, for the the, uh, war church to come on the scene, the world church, that's going to have a very, very conformity to it. Uh. These things have Would you to be referring to the harlot of Revelation? Yes, okay. I would be. All right. The, uh, the church that uh, has a form of godliness, but God's not in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, all the things that we're debating now in the United Methodist Church, it's just a foretaste. But the, uh, the extreme left, I believe, is going to be the part that's going to be part of this world church, church if you yeah. will. Right. And I unfortunately... You know, Scripture tells us that that's going to be the standard. That's going to be the norm. So those of us that are out there trying to be the hands and feet of Christ, those of us that are doing the works of the ministry. We're going to be tied. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to try to choke us out. They're going to try to choke out our funds. So how do I think this is going to go down? I think it's going to go down just like what we read in Acts chapter 2. We're going to have to pull our resources together. It's not going to be the traditional method of the plate going around while we sit in a pew and we sing a few songs, I think radical change is coming. Do you think that the... Uh, the Fascinating. Uh, the uh, non-profit status that churches have... That's exactly where I was going, it, it, John. It's going out the window. It's going to go out the window just yes. so that we can replenish the uh, tax income yes, or the tax well? For the good of society. And did we not see that same similar thing happen over in Greece? you know in the last couple of years if you had if you had pensions any kind of money set aside it wasn't just the churches the government grabbed it and that's absolutely john what i think is going to happen so would would it be in our best interest to 
to uh, to withdraw our our cash savings and have a zero balance in the uh, in the bank, and then have a a one eight hundred buy gold. <laughs> my thoughts are, John. My thoughts are, and this is just my thoughts. You're foolish to have a lot of cash in the bank right now. Huh. So let let me, if I may. I, I, well, hold on. Oh, here we go, okay, John. John. I, I, I think you may. You're right and wrong on one thing. I think, I think it's imperative that you have cash. That's you a have it word. on person, yeah, not in bank. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't. What is in the bank is declared and can be confiscated. Yep. Okay. So we're marching toward perhaps a collectivist future. Absolutely. Interesting. I hope not. not for the church. Yeah. For for the church. Okay. Um. I wow. think we're getting more primitive than you realize. Well, you know, our founder, he ain't Jesus, but he's pretty high up there, John Wesley, on his tombstone. I've been there. And it said his desire was to reform and 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 make a rebirth to the primitive church. And you're right. I mean, when we want the primitive church, we don't pick and choose cafeteria style what the primitive church exactly. is. And the primitive church was personal evangelism, small group discipleship, personal prayer time, small group accountability, like we have in CR, Ryan. Ryan is our CR director, by the way. Uh, personal visitation, when not endangering the health of the vulnerable. We have to double down on the things that the church is focused on for two millennia and leave the daily bread in God's hands where he says it is. And we need to have faith. This is going to be a huge thing. Will Remember Jesus said, will there be faith? Will there be found faith? And it's going to be interesting. Amy, you look like you're ready to say something. I, uh, to what Jody was uh, talking about, the, uh, the savings that the churches have. I believe that uh, God's word supports that we need not be accumulating, I that agree. all resources I need agree. to be put to work, and anything that we accumulate gives us a false Amen. security that leads us away from God. My daddy's money. <clears throat> Absolutely. And when you, t uh, when you approach it from that angle, you should have kept it in your daddy's pocket. It, <laughs> it does God no He does not bless your offering. I agree. That's exactly right. You can't, you can, when you give to God, you got to let your hand off of it, right? Absolutely. Because, because that is the true act of faith right there, that, that God's going to bless that. Uh, that that uh, goes back to his promise in Malachi 3, 10, 11. Right. Like you were saying, and you said earlier, Amy, is this is going to be a daily thing. We're going to have this. The church is going to have to get away from getting your feel goods, get away from your best life now, and go. You're talking to about my favorite faith. preacher. It's got to go to faith. It's got to <laughs> go to obedience, pain? and it's got to go to surrender. Amen. And through those surrender. things, God will bless. Amen. Surrender. You cannot, what a you great cannot word. be obedient without being uh, surrendered. Amen. Amen. And when you are surrendered, you are obedient. Absolutely. You know what? Some people think that Methodism was the first holiness church, and you can't be holy. God's call to holiness is a call to surrender. Right. 
Lord, you are the provider of everything I need. Yep. For me personally, for my church corporately, and, and even though I'm a good little capitalist, I may have to change the way I think because I want the economy of God Amen. more than I want the economy of man. Amen. I would just like to interject that uh, in my long life of serving God with my money and my time, he has provided for me abundantly. Amen. He has never let me down. Amen. Well, you know what? I, 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 the, the economy I kind of like is going fishing for money. You That's know, when cool. they, uh, yeah. you know, when Jesus, yes. yeah, Peter was asked for to pay the temple tax and Jesus said, go fishing. And he found a four drachma coin. <laughs> that's, I, that's my kind of economy. That's, uh, that's I, I want to see some Jesus stuff. That's where you're getting paid to go out for dinner. That's it. Get get fishing and come back uh, four drachma richer. Yep. I, I love that. So any final thoughts before we land the plane here? I would like to say that in uh, Psalms chapter 24, and then it's repeated again in Psalm 50, God says, I have no need of a bull from the stall of your, or a goat from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. So it is not because God needs our money. It is because we need to give it in order to incur his promised blessing. And just as all of God's plans following his financial plans for our lives not only assures us of his blessings and protection, it also provides for proper maintenance of his places of worship. Interesting. So on those thousand hills, Amy, does that mean the taters and the turnips underneath the hills? Absolutely. All the okay. earth is mine. Mm, just checking. All just checking. means all. Amen. I'm with you. The A in both L's. As we end the podcast, you can find this episode and other Across the Rail podcast episodes on popular platforms like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes, please take time to give us a five-star rating. And this will be a five-star rating because, Amy, it has been a pleasure having Absolutely. you here today. Absolutely. Uh, if you have questions on this or any other episode, please send your comments, cheers or jeers, to comments at acrosstherail.com. Or look us up on Across the Rail Podcast on the Twitters by our handle at Across underscore Rail. And on Facebook at Across the Rail Podcast. Please give us a like there and leave us any feedback or questions. Thank you so much for listening. So who wants to dismiss us in prayer? I guess Ryan, I got it. hit it, brother. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and just to, to be with my brother and sister in Christ and, and just to talk about you and your love and your grace and your mercy, Lord. We don't know what's coming down the pipe. Only you do. But we also know that you are good. Amen. And if we're obedient to you, you will bless us. We ask that you be with us as we display, or dismiss from this place. I ask that you be with everybody out there listening, Lord. Help them to stay safe and above all, to turn to you with all things. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.